Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. For the next hour we're going to be talking about video games, what a video game radio show does. How's your week been, Simon? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, last time I saw you uh, was in Malmo. 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 Uh, we said a very, very fragile goodbye and me and Steve mm, did. Yeah. You'd already gone actually. Yeah. So you left me and Steve to say goodbye quietly. Tender yeah. embrace. It's that really lovely, happen. actually. Really nice. Um, and last time I saw you, Anne, was in Copenhagen. Yeah, we had a great time. Didn't we have a great time? Yeah, went around a castle. Yeah, that was good. Um, and also said a tender goodbye. Did I hugged you? Goodbye. Yeah. I saw some pictures of you eating a melon. <laughs> well, not eating a melon, pulling a face like a melon. And then I went to Barcelona. Right. Yeah, which is where the melon picture was from, because, you know, when in Barcelona, buy a melon. <laughs> of course, that's the, that's the phrase, I no, think. No, I did. So they had those um, by the supermarket checkout, like, we have sweets. Right. And I was like, right, yeah, I've got to get a massive melon. So I bought one. Well done. Thanks. Uh, and I cut it out to look like Pac-Man. And then I held it up to my mouth, which is presumably the picture that Steve is... See, yeah. I've, I've not seen that picture. That's a good picture. Yeah, yeah we've been on our travels. Um, so we were at the Nordic Game Conference uh, two weeks ago. That was great. And we did Marioki there, and doubtless we will be talking about that later in the That's show. Good. And then, uh, yeah, we, and then we went our merry way. So it's nice to see you guys again. Yeah. Good that we've all managed to get back to the same place, the Resonance FM studio, to do One Life Left. Here we are. Um, that was Robin Ince they just had on, yeah. wasn't it? Did you spot that? I did. I don't you... think it works lowering your voice when you're broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound, <laughs> makes it sound was, like it's a secret. He was very nice. He ushered us in. He said, come on in. Come on in. And I was like, all Please. right, mate. I've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is? He, he, he knew he broadcasts with um, Sexy Science Man, whose name's escaped me. Oh, what? Um, what's his face? Bri- Dr. Professor Brian Cox. Yeah, him. He knows him. Not Dr. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> we know him. <laughs> So uh, the previous show, uh, Louis Schaefer's, whatever he calls it, Monday night. Uh, American Nunhead Radio. That's the one. Yep. Uh, has uh, Robin Ince. We. We. <laughs> up the game. Up the game, even better than that. We're delighted to be joined uh, this evening by Ash Denton from Explosive Island. Hello, Ash. Hello there. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. You're a professional uh, broadcaster, aren't you? Yeah. So like uh, Robin Ince. <laughs> Have uh, you met Ricky of. Gervais? That's what they were asking him about. Sure, yeah. Have you? What's yeah. he like? He's great. Okay. Yeah. Who's your Brian Cox? I don't know. We should use that question for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Uh, you've had a long and varied career in the video games industry. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll be chatting to you about that in a second. Uh, but we're going to start the show as we always do, and that's with Anne's News. It's 
704 on Monday the 1st of June. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. FIFA 16 will include women's national teams for the first time in the history of the series. Twelve nations will be represented by this brand new and exciting innovation, the woman footballer. You won't be able to pit men against women on the pitch though. That battle stays where it belongs on the internet. FIFA president Sepp Blatter is said to have responded to the news by claiming never to have heard of women or football or Sepp Blatter. This is uh, excellent news, isn't it? Uh, but I assume your comment inside that story was alluding to the YouTube comments on the FIFA announced trailer. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it wasn't received particularly well by um, boys. People were furious that they're spending extra processor cycles on animating women. Hang on a minute. Ubisoft said you can't do this. You can't. <laughs> so how have, what's happened? Has there been some technological well, to be breakthrough? Fair, they've, they've been working on FIFA for a long, a lot longer than Assassin's I Creed, suppose. right? It's, it's about 20 years or whatever. Do they now. run different, though, women? Do they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. We, we saw Matt Box talk about uh, motion capturing yeah. genders, didn't we? That was very good. That was very good. At last year's Nordic game. Um, or the year before. Who knows? Uh, yes, but they have put them in there. They've um, gone against the odds. Of all other video games, which none of which have women in, uh, and they've put them in there. So, what, and balls. so, can you remember any of the comments from the YouTube boys? Um, surprisingly, I avoided them. Okay. Because uh, can't wait for the bit where they swap shirts. That's very good. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> you're not supposed to that say was my, that. Was my banter to... voice? Oh, you're thinking out loud, right? <laughs> um, and and other predictable comments. You know, people absolutely feel. There was one person who like who very very detailed comment on YouTube that just listed all the things that he wanted fixing before they get around <laughs> to adding trivialities like women. Well, they put birds in it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So those sort of people are furious, and uh, you know, I saw some people threatening. This is the last. FIFA, I'll never buy another FIFA game going straight over to Pro Evolution Soccer. And they were presumably saying this because um, EA sort of in a, in a, um, uh, a twist of fate announced this just as the uh, FIFA officials were being <laughs> apprehended in right, Zurich. Yeah. And so the gamers are never buying a FIFA game again, not because of the, <laughs> the corruption apparently endemic within the, within the, the, within the organisation, but they deign to put women in it, right? Nintendo is considering using an Android-based operating system on its recently announced NX Games console. That's according to Japanese newspaper Nikkei. It's thought the company may want to build its operating system around Android to attract more third-party developers, which is something it has struggled with in the Wii U. Nintendo has said the new console won't be at E3 this year, so it's going to be a while before we hear anything concrete. There was going to be a joke here about the name of the console, but a reader did a better one in the letters, so stay tuned for that. Talking of phone operating systems, uh-huh. I notice uh, Anne has had a change of technology recently. She's gone to reading the news just directly off your phone. You used to bring in your laptop, read yeah. off there, looked a bit professional, yeah. like you've been doing some lessons. <laughs> now it just looks like you're bored yeah. during your own news, just sort of texting, checking Facebook. Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed, mm-hmm. right? She's gone from laptop to phone, but she's holding the phone up. But maybe after this, she'll be doing it from the graffiti on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a new tattoo. Yeah, I've got a little one. <laughs> That's what happened after I saw you last. Right, you got tattooed? Yeah. Right, what is it? Well, it's a heart in a circle. Okay. It looks really, oh. What do you think it looks like? I, I just wasn't sure. I mean, are you going to finish it off? <laughs> finish you off. Whose names are you going to put around it? Yours and Steve's. <laughs> the, uh, the circle is the O of O L L. Obviously, oh, cool. that's what will go down. Well and the heart is, is because is this is the heart of my Steve. life. <laughs> uh, Do I'm you glad- remember how like? You know, when when we're at Nottingham Game City, uh, or <laughs> whenever we chance upon Parco, yeah. uh, Parkins, Parkinson. uh, Simon Simon Parkinson in the street, uh, and we end up in a pub or whatever, you like to edit his tattoo, yeah, don't I you? I do, I really do. You've opened yourself up to a lot of editing. We could definitely fill that in every week, couldn't we? We could, like, <laughs> guess, we could put Ash and take pictures of it. I think that's yeah, a good, that's a good idea. You know, we do it permanently. Yes. We'll get an in-house tattooist. Um, I'm glad you brought this story up. Uh, I walked to the studio this evening with Ash, uh, and we were chatting about this, weren't we? And I said I'd not heard the news. No, because we were away. Do you know, like, a couple of big stories happened. As I was looking uh, through for this week's stories, I was like, man, missed a couple of really good big ones. So I managed to squeeze this one in. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but uh, so do we know this to be true? We don't, do we? We're, they're they're thought to be to... considering yeah. it. Um, Is it powerful enough, Android, for the new console? Don't know. 
They'll just power it up, won't they? Yeah. Just put a couple of extra leads into it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've I've read, I, I think it was maybe Nicholas Lovell, saying that he believes... It might not have been him. Uh, Louis, not Louis, tr- Louis P was uh, on about this as well today. Someone saying that they believe that the next Nintendo console will be more akin to a dongle in a TV rather than an actual sort of set-top box style thing. That, you know, Sony and Microsoft are going down that route, but... You don't need a super hot processor for the stuff that the Wii U is doing, do you? Uh, you just need you just need friends and, <laughs> and the willingness to have a good time. So, what, so enjoy. Nintendo will, will, will give you friends. Yeah, of course. Other people. Once they've sorted out their online service. <laughs> so yeah, they, um, that's what people are thinking this might be edging towards, I think. And, and of course, they're going to need an operating system on there. The other uh, speculation was that um, it would be um, a handheld and a home console and that you'd be able to play the same games on both mm. or you'd be able to play the mobile games always on the home console. I don't know. That's all. That seems to make sense as well. Is the, is the Wii U a success? It is in my house. I bought Splatoon. Right, but beyond the Byron universe... Don't know. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it hasn't uh, been seen to be the greatest Nintendo success, which uh, seems to be why they're looking to bring something else out, which, um, and with this Android stuff, uh, it seems that maybe some of what they have missed out on has been trying to get third parties involved in making games for one, the Wii. One thing I've l- l- enjoyed about watching your... Um you grow in maturity as a newsreader. Thank you. Is, is when we ask you questions like that, you cleverly go to the word seems. Yeah. Because no one can argue with that. It does Nobody. seem to be like that. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be like that, but, you know, who knows? Well, you know, if you had released the Wii U, it probably would have been a success. Uh, Nintendo release it, maybe compared with their other stuff, not so much. Twitch has banned the streaming of games rated adults only by the ESRB. ESRB ratings only apply to the US, but this rule will cover titles in all regions. It's thought the move has been prompted by the release of Hatred, the cheerful-sounding game in which you play as a mass murderer trying to kill as many civilians as possible. This is only the second title to receive an AO rating for its violent content and themes. Twitch clarified that streaming Peggy-rated 18-plus games will still be fine. So if you're looking for streams of Hatred, your best bet is to head over to Twitter.com. this thing out now, Hatred? It is out now. I was... Uh, I've had a very busy day today, Steve, very busy. But uh, the times I was it's back at you've been my... on holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the times I was back at my desk, I was logged into Steam. And, um, it just, you know, I keep meaning to turn these notifications off, but up popped... <laughs> Pat Garrett is now playing Hatred. <laughs> and I just thought... And I thought... Yeah, of course he is. Pat, of course, uh, is he editor? But it's a publisher of VG247. Yeah, he's playing Hatred. Of course he is. And is he doing that ironically or not? So it seems to be out. uh, Right. But not, yeah. Um, Apparently it's just rubbish. Right. Like, it doesn't do anything cleverly. You know, I, I don't well, that's know. always the case. That's always it's been the exactly. case with Postal as well, hasn't it? Yeah. The last game to sort of kick up this kind of fuss, and then people play it and go, oh, actually, it's a bit. It's a bit stupid. What was the other eight, uh, ESRB rated game? Uh, well, there's actually 26 in oh, no. total. So we'll just uh, see what Pat Garrett's playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but largely, they um, largely would not have heard of many of them because they are. A I se- would say ni- they're sexy niche games. Like what though? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, another one that's on there Hatful is Manhunt. Man is a sexy Hunt niche game. It is, but that's not. Okay. That's not adults only. That's for, that's for everyone. That's adults for birds and, too. And birds. Hey. <laughs> um, uh, Manhunt two, not Manhunt one. I think it was Manhunt two. Okay. Yeah. Are yeah. we going to miss this from our Twitch channels, Ash? Do you want no? No. We don't want to see any hatred on Twitch. No, there's no need. No, I, I agree. Hate filled. It's, it's interesting because there was a lot of um, discussion about whether it was right to inverted commas censor hatred, and I guess that's what Twitch is doing. Yeah, but Twitch, uh, so what Twitch said was it wants to be uh, an open and inclusive platform. um, And it has, in the past, uh, banned games from being streamed on a game-by-game basis. This is just like a a more of a a broader sweep. And I I don't know, I just sort of feel like you're trying to keep some grim stuff off the internet. I don't, I don't see it as the censorship. I I I giving stuff like that a platform isn't great, is it? We're just going to kind of help it along. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. 
Everybody's going to need to calm down during this next news story. It looks like Microsoft will be releasing a new Xbox One controller, and it'll probably be released in June. Hold on to your hats while we hit you with the stats. It will have a new 3.5mm headphone jack at the base of the pad. That's the stats. An image released by an Austrian retailer shows no other major design differences. Times are changing. We hope you're ready for them. How are you getting on with acquiring an Xbox One via our PR contacts? Did we make an appeal on it like two weeks ago? Yeah. Appeal for it two weeks ago via, no- was it Ubi? It was Ubi. Yeah. And we know, you know, Ubisoft have written to One Life Left before claiming to be listeners. Claiming to be listeners. Actually, everyone that uh, writes in and says like, oh, love your show. We would love to get some content on your website. <laughs> yeah. can, you, can we write an article for Can you write an article about us? Uh, we should follow all of, well, I should follow all of those up and say, you can you can write whatever you I want love, on our website. I love your console distribution service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started talking with somebody who wanted to play, pay us money to um, advertise gambling on the site. And then it just... They just continue to take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bit bored of Very it. So. Yeah. Um, so you still don't have one? No, but if I got one, my word would, would it, I get the new... Would it with a yeah. 3.5mm headphone yeah. jack in the bottom? Donk. Just wow. stick my headphone jack right in there. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, some people will do anything to get their hands on a rare game merchandise... And that includes hijacking a lorry of games' entire stock of Splatoon Special Edition with Squid Amiibo. The retailer was forced to email an apology to people with orders and tell them that they'd be getting the game with some different Amiibo and a 10-quid refund, but they won't be getting this stock back. The lorry was making its way from from Nintendo Europe's headquarters to Game UK's warehouse, where it got a bit great game robbery. Our hearts go out to all the little Squid Amiibo being held hostage and kept away from their rightful loving homes. So, Simon, you are a Wii U correspondent. Are you on the Amiibo? I did think about it. I did. I'm worried about you. Yeah, but I've not done that. I've not broken yet. So I ordered Splatoon, but um, it was 39. What they could have done instead of... They had loads of them on Amazon. So actually, maybe Amazon (gasps) done it. (laughs) What? They were, actually. Loads of them. (laughs) Exactly. Has anyone made this dot line before? No, maybe that's because it's... uh, Potentially, you could get sued for it, could you? Speculate. Potentially. <laughs> Allegedly. It seems so. It does seem like that, doesn't it? Um, no, I bought the normal edition. I've not bought any Amiibos yet um, because I believe that in order to make the most of your Amiibos, you need to put them in a game called Super Smash Bros. And I cannot stand that game. Yeah. I, mean, oh, yeah, I think no. that's One Life Left policy, isn't yeah. it? We do not like that game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've never... Um, I've never... I've never held an amiibo, so I'm innocent here. Like, like I've definitely not one in the eyes, and definitely not stolen a truck full of them. But I I did, I did see this thing. I thought this is a thing that could get dangerous for Simon. Like, if you (laughs) look at him now, he's holding up trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Heard this news story and thought, I don't think he's into them. No, I'm not into them, Steve. No, Ash, are you? No, I'm not really a Nintendo fan, to be honest. Aren't you? Yeah, I didn't really grow up with it, so I don't have the the craze. Funny enough, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well, because, yeah about not growing up with Nintendo. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't got involved... Um, In this at all. <laughs> I wasn't around. I've got no. an alibi. Do you know what they do, Anne? What? No, I don't really understand them. Okay. I talk about them quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you hold them to your 3DS or your gamepad and they, okay. and they then appear in the game with all uh, the enhanced powers. I think, like in Mario Kart, you can put characters on and get boosts and stuff, I think. Is I it think. a cuddly little thing as well? No, they're plastic. Oh. They're Skylanders, basically. I'd have only Feels like we need titty. an amiibo song for Marioki. What does amiibo rhyme uh, with? Holding out for heroes. Well, there's an amiibo, amiibo. Holding out for amiibo. amiibo yeah. Mm. <laughs> might, might, uh, yeah. Okay, thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scamford.
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Hide Your Tigers and Smelt Down. Simon, what do you think? I like it. Okay. Uh, you're not here next week, are you? I'm not here. So I'll, be provi- I'll be bringing the music. Curating. Uh-oh. Curating the music. Curating the music. Where did you get this from, Steve? I got this from chipmusic.org, which is an excellent place to listen to this type of music. If this is your sort of thing, go there, listen, download, and maybe help Simon with the music next week. Somebody did send them yes. in, didn't they, actually? Did they did. We someone never do anything about those. Someone sent a, a YouTube video of a dude playing uh, chip tune music and a violin. I thought it was excellent. Thank All you right, very we'll much send for the, Send the MP3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but next time, if you could just do a little bit more <laughs> of our job for us, that'd be, uh, that'd be perfect. Good. Uh, yeah, no, l- like it. I've already got one, uh, one in mind for next week. It's going to be exciting. Do we need to get somebody else in the studio, Anne? Well, maybe if someone's around, I'll, I'll have to think. Okay, because uh, next week's guest is Jack Attridge. Oh, so we've got to get someone like. Let's get Peter Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get... <laughs> Bring them back together. Let's not tell Jack and just have Peter walk yeah. through the door. No, no, no. We'll do it like. Oh, I won't be there, but you could do it like this is your life. Yeah, yeah. Go, somebody do you remember... <laughs> what do you think of this voice? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we could do, but. Uh... I don't think Peter's got any more tears to give, has he? No. He's just a husk see. of a man. We'll just dehydrated. <laughs> can pour some water onto her. Pop back up. Maybe he just needs a hug. Maybe he does. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah. So tune in next week to find out whether we bring Jack and Peter Molyneux back together. But for now, Ash, do you remember this voice? <laughs> oh, no. It's Peter Molyneux. <laughs> How are you, Ash? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Um, you're, so when you broadcast professionally, is it more prepared than this? Uh, yes. Is it? I'm going to give Dan credit, yeah. Right, Guy Cocker has like, running orders and stuff He's like that. He's very meticulous. Had. Had. When's, when was the last Cocker cast? <laughs> exactly. So, I, I couldn't tell you. This is something that happened last week that I didn't realise. Every other, what was it? Every other podcast yep. that you talk to yep. disappears. They do disappear. This particularly those things? that win GMAs, Ash. We didn't, we didn't get a GMA for the podcast. Does that count? Oh, uh, but it was broadcast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was when it was yeah. broadcast, not podcast specific. Yeah. Okay. I saw my Anne and she said, I hate you. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how most people know me. Welcome back. So how are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Busy, busy, but good busy. What are you, so, te- so tell us who you are, first of all. Uh, so how did, you, uh, how did you first get into the games industry? Uh, funny enough, I worked at CBS before it was CBS called CNET Networks. And then I transitioned into GameSpot. Did a bit of press stuff there. Okay. And then moved from GameSpot to Microsoft at Inside Xbox. Right. Yeah, that old Inside Xbox. And then that had a untimely demise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then basically the same crew, uh, there was three of us, four of us, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, three of us went off and made Explosive Allen Productions. And right. now that's what we do. So uh, when you were at GameSpot, uh, you were doing video content for them? Yeah, before yeah. it was Before everybody was doing it. Sure. Right? <laughs> what was it like in the early days? It was a magical place <laughs> where you could do anything you wanted. Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, so it was quite fun. So then, you know, YouTube hadn't really taken off as a place to kind of consume content. And uh, they tried this thing called CNET TV, which is kind of its own YouTube style thing. Didn't work. So then I went to go work for GameSpot. And uh, yeah, GameSpot video has kind of been up there with kind of IGN and GameSpot have always been the kind of places you can go get video, really. Good video. Was it difficult getting people involved before video? Because these days, video is the most sort of valuable content on a website, I think. Um, but so back then, I mean, like, so Eurogamer tried it with Eurogamer TV, which yeah. didn't take off initially. Yeah, it was always hard to monetize video back in the day, and now it's kind of flipped. And now you can monetize video really, really well. But it was, um, it kind of felt more experimental back then. But then I guess the UK office was fine because the Americans are kind of established video uh-huh. and they pumped out so much content. We had to make stuff so they couldn't really get rid of us, which is quite nice. Do you look at people now, like, cause, again, everybody's got a camera and they're pointing and yeah, like it seems anybody can do it. Do you look at that? And I don't know, I, like, uh, yeah, you were, you were way ahead of your time, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fresh, interesting okay. time. Yeah. And then, so moving from the, uh, I'm going to use these words in inverted commas, uh, sort of editorial freedom of GameSpot to going in-house. What was, what was we that? We actually like? had more freedom at Microsoft than did we you? did because they didn't realise what we were doing. So <laughs> there was no sign-off process. We were basically on a floor with marketing people and we were kind of pushed into the corner because they were like, what are these people doing here? Everyone else is in kind of like baby blue shirts and chinos and we just kind of rock up and whatever. And uh, yeah, we just basically made content and we 
like Dan Marr, who was kind of yeah. like running the channel, he just managed to kind of bridge the gap between the, us, the creative side, and then the kind of marketing. And he just did such a great job that basically we were allowed to keep going until it kind of uh, all fell apart. So the first they knew of what you were up to was when they saw it up on the dashboard? No, or? no, no. It was like the, the content was fine. We had like a really great community and it was everything was good. It was just the um, financial crisis and it kind of happened. And they literally just looked down a column of, in a spreadsheet and were like, who are these guys? Oh, no, we can't monetize that. Get rid of it. So, those, so that thing that uh, gave you such freedom of being pushed into the corner and being able to do what you want was the thing that ultimately yeah, unfortunately, you had to pay the price for it. Because, yeah, you couldn't quantify views to actual sales. Right. So that was a problem. Okay. Then um, so that happened quite quickly, didn't it? And there was, there was, a, there was an outcry. Yeah. So people got very upset because uh, sent you a message was kind of our mailbag show on Saturdays and it was quite big. And uh, yeah, it all happened very quickly. People got very upset. And then we kind of went on uh, kind of Twitter and said, hey, why don't we make you something? We've been thinking about doing this other show. So it was a bit it wasn't as linear as the other one because in an Xbox, you know, you just make these kind of like linear episodes and that was it. And um, we wanted to make something a bit more interactive on the Internet, get more social interaction, all that stuff. So we said, if you give us some money, we will make you the best video game show you've ever seen. And we'll make it interactive and you can communicate to us and you can add and all these things. Uh, a bit more like transmedia style. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it worked, which is cool. So we did a Kickstarter and people kind of uh, galvanized around us, I guess, and then gave us some money. And we started a company and a show and it went really well and now here we are back then it was it was again it's really early in the sort of crowdfunding time wasn't it i mean what was that because everybody's doing kickstarter now isn't it was it yeah back then people didn't quite understand it were you surprised by the success um not really to be honest it was kind of um kind of here seeing behind the curtain a little bit now it's kind of what separated uh the team so there was more of us than three and uh we kind of said i want to do a kickstarter and um, some of us went for it and some of us didn't. So, like, I, I used to make a lot of short films and I had a lot of success crowdfunding that stuff. And uh, so I really wanted to do it. I was going to push for it because it kind of gets the community involved as well as giving you money to do it. So, yeah, I, I was really confident, but obviously it was quite scary. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it happened at a time where maybe they didn't give us the backing because of the show. It was more what had happened to the channel. Okay. And people were really, really angry. And they just thought, oh, it's kind of like a cause that we can get behind. And I think we were just quite lucky. And like Patreon wasn't available at that time. So yeah. we kind of had to just get one project off the ground rather than say, we can keep going and you can fund us every month. Right. <clears throat> that, um, so Explosive Allen was born out of necessity and, and uh, sort of, I mean, I, I remember that time you were, again, you know, sort of sense of nurse, oh, what happens now? And, and it's now blossomed into this massive thing where you do lots of stuff for lots of people yeah the empire right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's not um but yeah so basically we've moved away from the kind of like editorial youtube stuff and now we make a lot of kind of like marketing promo stuff sounds boring but we get to make a lot of really fun content uh-huh. i hate calling it content <laughs> uh but yeah we make like game trailers and things like that but we um we tend to not work on things that we don't like we're very lucky that we can kind of cherry pick who we do work with which is great and then we get to make fun stuff so who have you turned down? Oh, <laughs> I'm myself in hot water. Uh, and then, sorry, like, yeah, we're, we're taking up a lot of time already, but then uh, Explosive Alan with the video production and, and the trailers and all of that sort of stuff. Now, then you personally have got your own project. Yeah, so I've decided to make my first video game, which is cool. Uh, I've always wanted to make one, but I never thought I could because I've kind of come from the filmy designer background and I didn't know how to code. So uh, it was actually Mike Bithell giving him a oh, yeah. thumbs up. One life less Mike Bithell. Yeah, check him out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he basically said, you have to try Unity because you can do it. Like you don't need to be a coder to do it. So I jumped on, went on the asset store and he was like, you can build everything from assets, but obviously, you know, cherry pick and yeah. work on it. And that's what happened. And it's gone really, really well. And like so many times I've tried these projects and I've never been able to get off the ground. The moment I said I was going to make a game, Everyone kind of jumped on it. Okay, so what what are you doing? So Capital is a modern take on a point-and-click adventure, and it's a a sci-fi, noir, future London-y thing, and you basically uh, control two characters as they go through the mystical underbelly on their way to assassinate the King of England. Wow. Yeah. That's the short summary. Okay. Have you looked into whether you might end up being sent to the Tower? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Okay. It'd be good research, though. That's good publicity, <laughs> isn't it? Patreon your way out of that. <laughs> so, yeah. where, where are you with it at the moment, then? 
So we want to get some sort of playable demo, uh, hopefully in about three months. So uh, I'd like to get it for EGX, where people can actually go to the stand and play it. But okay. I want to do it digitally before that and kind of get it out there. It'll be on PC and Mac first. And then um, I just want to get it into people's hands, really. And uh, if Unity's up for it, I might try and do the browser launch as well, because okay. it's quite a small yeah. section of the game. Right. But um, yeah, just give something to people, like 10 minutes of the game or something, so they can get a flavor of what it's like. Uh-huh. What's it like now being having moved from uh, one side of the camera to the other then? So, so now you're making games. What have the challenges been with that? It's, uh, it's quite exciting, but it's also quite strange because obviously being on the other side of the camera, you kind of go to an event, you do your thing, and then you leave. And now it's the other way around where you have to stay there all day and people come and go. <laughs> and uh, that's quite interesting to do it that way. But I've, I've, always, want, I've always made side projects. So the, the camera stuff is like, it's always a love and I love filming things, but I've always wanted to create something. So it's so nice that I can actually do this pretty much full time now, which okay. is good. Yeah, it's always been a dream. So now I've flipped. Right. Done it that way. And you've, you're assembling a team, so it's not, so it's not a huge uh, company working on it all the time. You're cherry-picking people to yeah. work with. Yeah, so like I was saying before, people kind of came out of the woodwork. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to make a game. Can I help? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And these are kind of like professional people who have a day job, and they're doing it for the love, which is great. So we've got a core team of about four people, kind of expands to about seven. So we've got like a level designer. We're all wearing various hats. Okay. But it's like I'm kind of like putting it together, doing the building, the Unity side of things. We have a really great animator called Simon Chong. He's unbelievable uh, 2D animator. And then um, Nina is our 3D artist, so she does all the levels and kind of the props and things like that. And then we have another guy called uh, Mike Sizemore, who's the TV film writing Hollywood man. And I've no idea how I got him on board. He's brilliant. What's it like seeing people now write about your game when you've come from the editorial side yourself? It's quite nerve-wracking to see what people say. But, uh, yeah, it's it's strange. But it's also really, really humbling as well because you kind of see that people pick out aspects that i haven't even thought of and i'm like oh it's great that's what people are really kind of turning on to which is nice so it doesn't really um i wouldn't say it, it changes the course of the kind of like creative direction of the game but it definitely helps me look at different areas that maybe i weren't looking at wasn't looking at before cool uh so the so the very little i've seen on it uh, looks amazing how can people follow uh, your work so the best thing to do there's a dev blog it's like what's and all come check out everything there's some beautiful concept art and things on there it's a capital game.co.uk or you can follow me on twitter at slap dash ash hello i'm sega badawi and welcome to one life left local news Scandal has hit the main body that oversees the professional world of Splatoon as numerous senior figures have been arrested following a corruption probe. FISA, the Fédération Internationale de Splatoon Association, have tried to ignore the arrest to the best of their abilities, but it has cast a dark shadow over their election of a new chairman. As it happens, the previous chairman, Sepp Splatter, was successful in his attempts to get the top job in the world of Splatoon, but fans are still not happy with the way that the World Cups were awarded. The World Cup in Splatar has been rescheduled to the winter as it was believed that the paint would dry too quickly in their summer climate, and the tournament in Brussia has had complaints due to their polarising president, Vladimir Blue Tin of Paint. We'll keep an eye on this story, and we'll let you know of any developments. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Thank you very, very much for your emails this week with very little prompting. Very little. But you... <laughs> I saw your prompting today. Uh, uh, it did lead to this one message which went from Ivan. I think I might still be alive, but I'm not sure. Right. We thought you were all dead. All dead. Given that uh, we like, we kept picking up the email, going just checking for the ringtone. Is it still working? Here's the thing. Sure, email soon. Why not? Why not assume, listener, listening to this, that we are going to need letters for the letters the, section. For the letters section. So rather than waiting for us to ask for the letters, if you're listening to this, just send a letter. Just send one now. You could be like, uh, do you know? Wait, wait, watch. wait, wait, wait. We've got some codes. We do, don't we? I've got some codes. Go on then, give yours out. Although they're... <laughs> just read, read them out. 
Um, I've got I've got two US uh, PSN codes for a game and one UK PSN code for a game that came out this week. So if you so, want two US codes and one no, European code, for so something. we're going to need very specific. Um, well, it, we're probably okay this week, okay. so we can give one away to the best letter. So pay attention, Ash. The best letter gets a code for this game. Uh, could that be you, Lawrence Weir? He says, dear team and super special guest, when do you think we will get information on the next Nintendo console? Do you think anything will be revealed at E3? Do you think the names of the Nintendo consoles can get any more dumb? Maybe it could be called the Wii U2 and come preloaded with the albums of a famous Irish band. Love the hey, show, uh, Lawrence. Well, we already know, don't we? Thanks to Anne's breaking news story. 2016, no, and that is a better joke than the one that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Anne. Uh, hi team and SSG super quick one because I've got to rush off home I miss cheat codes and the physical act of inputting them there are so many codes for games on the Mega Drive that are indelibly stuck in my head up down left right AB start so what's your favourite method of cheating in games it's definitely cheat cheat codes isn't it? but you just don't get them anymore do you mm, right. don't you can't skip a level do mods count as cheating uh, Some? I suppose they're just they're just quite cumbersome cheat modes, aren't mm. they? It takes a while to install them, and it's a bit annoying. Um, I frequently uh, watch walkthroughs. Frequently, just if yeah. If there's a thing that you get stuck on and it's really annoying, I would rather enjoy the game and have cheated or or just you know utilize someone else's experience um, to get past that bit and then get on with the game rather than sitting there and tearing my hair out. I like giving the person next to me a dead arm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whether or not it's a competitive right. or cooperative game, it's just, it's just a nice way of cheating. Hi team, hi SSG. Because you were away last weekend, I had to go and get my game-related fix from elsewhere. Okay, Robert Wells, that's a valid legit, excuse, legit. isn't it? Yep, right, no good. problem. Uh, last time I listened to that horrible patronising Minecraft documentary, but this week I finally listened back to Radio 3's Sound of Cinema from the BAFTA Game Awards. I know it's from March, but I'm slow. And also, you've been busy listening to One Life Left yeah. every week, so <laughs> it's totally fine. Good news, it's covered really well. They talk about the differences between film and game scoring, and how the legacy of the 8-bit era can still be heard in the orchestral scores of today. Because it's Radio 3, there's the question of, does this change the world of professional orchestras? Are the recording sessions more lucrative than their normal schedules? Are video game concerts just there to pull in a younger demographic or is the canon of game music good enough to support them in short they talk like grown-ups i don't think he's having a go now how do we get the bbc to talk about actual games like that pip pip roberts interesting um i uh, i organized that piece did you I did, yeah, did, yeah. Well glad to see it's gone out in my old job oh, well done. so yeah, you organized something a direct rival to One Life Left? Uh, it was BBC Radio 3, I think. Still radio. It's uh, FM Radio 2. It's actually, actually, Resonance and, and uh, Radio 3 are probably art, both arts, mm, arts radio. But, in many ways, it was Simon. thoughtful of you to record, to let our listeners have something they can listen to Why in the weeks when we're not around. Them. They were, um, I did, they were really nice, really nice guys that came uh, to the BAFTA Games Awards that night. I went out of my way to help them that night, and. That's such a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm pleased. I'm going to have to dig that out. Uh, Ash, you, you've, you've got a letter. I do. Uh, dear team and guest, probably super special. Yay. Are we reaching a point where indie games based on fond memories of the 16-bit era are the new boring mainstream? A few years ago, you couldn't move for glossy military shooters, but with the huge development costs of the newer consoles, those big-budget action games are getting thinner on the ground. Whereas there's a new side-scrolling platformer or roguelike dungeon crawler turning, mm, turning up every week on the PS Store. Are we in danger of quirky indie saturation? Love the show, Mark. Yes. Yes, Anne, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is a good training ground. Use your past experience to make something that you uh, love, that you would like to play, but then maybe elevate it a little bit. Maybe like push the push what games can do, push yourself a little bit further. Don't just rehash something that you used to play when you were younger. Add something new. Very valid point, Sam. Thank you. Anything to add, Steve? Um, I thought Anne absolutely comprehensively answered Anne speaks that. for all of us. Well Thank done. you. Uh, first, uh, Tom Howard. Hello, Tom Howard. Uh, he says, uh, dear team, XCOM 2! Exclamation mark. I can't wait. Which sequel to a reboot of a popular franchise are you most excited about? Love the show. Long-time listener. First-time emailer. Tom. Yeah, they announced XCOM 2 today. 
That's exciting. Isn't it? What Mario so song can you do about XCOM 2? That was my first yeah. thought when this email arrived. Yeah. Because I've been writing karaoke songs all day. Mm. And I thought, XCOM 2, that sounds like it'll rhyme or something. That doesn't answer his question, no. though, does it? Sorry. Um, Syndicate. What? Syndicate. Pro- but properly. Very good answer. Mm, yeah. Good answer. Um... Yeah, I, I think Ash speaks for all of us. <laughs> you got one more, CD? Uh, I do. Okay, uh, Jamie Firth writes, with the exciting announcement that 5,000 members of the public will be invited to E3 for the first time this year, what would OLL's plan be to artificially boost attendances in a hypothetical situation where Marioki interest plummeted? Wow. How would we pack out the room Sell if people out. lost Free interest boot. in us? Free boot, we did already that, did that. Did that <laughs> it did work, though, didn't it? It did work yeah. very so, well indeed. I don't think anyone's going to get bored of uh, Marioki. No. I mean, I'm all into hypothetical situations, but that one's ridiculous, Jamie. <laughs> so that can't win. Uh, that can't win. Possibly because he's already won, and I'm not sure we've sent him a prize. <laughs> I have sent him a prize. Okay, uh, what was your favourite letter of those, Ash? I got a vote for Mark because this is so selfish. He said I was super special. Right, <laughs> there you go. Mark, uh, you've won. Well, uh, we'll find out two- later in the show. <laughs> either two codes for a US, US thing or one code for a UK thing. Um, but you'll find out what game that is in the review section, which happens in sort of about five minutes' time. How exciting. This is One Life Left on the brilliant Resonance FM. Uh, we're a video game radio show, and this is We Danced. A uh, song is called Tension. It's from Chip Music Org. What did you say when uh, you heard this, Sam? I said, I danced this song. Yeah, it's called We Danced. So there we go. But talking of dancing, mm. have you seen uh, Google Photos, Simon? I have, yes. Well, on the Android, when it sometimes collects pictures together and... Well, Google have launched, I, I believe it was like over the last couple of days, they announced at least uh, they're replacing, uh, at the moment they've had sort of Google Plus yeah, photos yeah, and Picasso yeah. still it's in there in the background. them together and So stuff. This, this is, you know, putting, putting those together in a cleverly named service called Photos. <laughs> well, the brilliant thing is, you can search your photos now just by searching. So, for example, you can type in cats... And it finds all of your cats. Uh, Is that on your phone now? Uh, this was I was using the web, but it okay. might work on your phone as well. So obviously last night I spent a while putting in, you know, so I typed for carrot, typed carrots, and it turned up some photos of carrots. Oh, you love taking pictures of carrots, <laughs> apparently. Time. All the time. All the time. And I typed, I typed dogs in, and I don't like dogs. No. And it found, found two things. It found all the ugly photos of my cats, <laughs> and it found a photo... Um, Found a photo of some dog's heads I saw in a museum once. It's nice. Typed in Star Wars. It found a photo of an X-Wing in Leicester Square and a weird Polish Star Wars poster. So this is incredible, right? It's not finding it by keywords. It's finding it by, I guess, other people's images tagged online or something. Amazing. So obviously, what's the next thing I searched for? Search for Martin Hollis. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Right. Turned up two photos. Turned one blurry photo up of Hollis. Now, I couldn't tell whether it was from either a One Life Left Christmas party where he's wearing a very big hat or the time that he went to the <laughs> Xbox uh, Xbox yep. 360 party yep. and smoked Smoking. indoors. Indoor, yeah. It's one of those things because there was smoke and there was a hat. But he also found another thing. Such for Martin Hollis, it turned up a small... 20 second video of Simon Parkin <laughs> dancing to dubstep. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know why. Thanks, Google. I mean, Google knows everything. I just seen in the app here it says um, you can search for photo for people, places, and things in your photos, such as Josh Tokyo Mountain. I don't <laughs> what know. What's Josh doing? <laughs> wow. 
You should do that, Simon. Anyway, we're going to have fun with this, I think, at later dates. Yeah. Look, like, it's just pictures of cats. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's unbelievable, isn't it? But should I type in Anne? All right, reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I typed in Anne. I typed in Anne. Yeah. Okay, here is the photo. <laughs> It's Martin Hollis and Anne, and Martin Hollis is smoking. <laughs> oh, Google. Oh, Google. That's unbelievable. Wow. Okay, Anne, what have you been playing this uh, week? Okay, so I have been playing games that explore the realms of what games can do. Uh, there was a game uh, made by uh, Ariel Grimes uh, called What Now? And it... Um, made me really upset because it's a very like emotional game about uh, emotional overwhelm and, and uh, anxiety and depression and things and you just uh, move this character about the space and it's about um, it's sort of about the feeling of getting uh, emotional overwhelm and I found it uh, like pretty uh, pretty accurate and really uh, quite upsetting and very emotive and it's one of those things where you go it's a game was it enjoyable uh, no but it was I definitely like felt I felt things um, and so yeah I really like that I went uh, around um, uh, uh, around the site and was just playing uh, a few more of the other browser games and then went and played uh, hang on I've just got to find what the name is um, Minkamora by Merit Copas, which is sort of a wandery around game where you are this creature uh, and you can just wander around uh, this land um, at will and explore different areas and yeah, just find uh, different uh, things. You can sit down in places like it's, um, it's very, it's a very beautiful land to wander around in and I found it very peaceful. In um, so, in the way that uh, Ariel's game uh, made me like emotional and quite. Um, Ooh, quite stressed. This one uh, just made me completely relax and chill out. So I played them in the correct order. Uh, yeah, and it was just really, really lovely. And at the beginning, it says um, that something like, "There's no need to worry about uh, about missing out on anything. You're not going to die." Uh, and then it, when you want to finish the game, you just you can um, at any point you can just I think it's hit return or space or something, and it sends out a heart to where it to where you get home. So you just follow where that is. Go back. Go back through the home portal and sit down in your bed and you finish the game and it says, thanks for playing. Nice. And it was a really lovely, beautiful game. So I've really enjoyed uh, sort of playing those contrasts of games today. And I would, they're so short and they're uh, really, uh, yeah, like really experimental. And I just recommend playing things like that um, just to see what else can go on. Fantastic. Score? Uh, Two scores. So uh, what now? I would give seven out of ten for its... um, where it touched me uh, and the other one I would also give 7 out of 10 because it just made me feel at peace fantastic um, I've been playing <clears throat> a game called Roundabouts I thought you might be playing Roundabout I saw you discussing this with uh, trying to find out who was doing the PR for right. it <laughs> so uh, story behind this okay. um, I was procrastinating on some work that I really didn't want to do at 1am in the morning what was it uh, it was um, the script for something. Okay. I can't tell you what at the moment. Really didn't want to do it. But um, I, I, was, I was looking for things to do, and we got sent, uh, One Life Left got sent a code for Street Fighter, the new Street Fighter. I, did I thought, oh, that's something I can do. I can put that into my PS4. So I turned on my PS4, went to the store, you know, navigated, found the redeem code thing, put in that code. It's 14 gigabytes. Shut up. Nothing's 14 gigabytes. This is. So that took ages to download, and for all I know, it's still downloading now. Uh, <laughs> So in the meantime, I was like, right, tick, done that. Now I have to do my script, I suppose. Oh, maybe there'll be something on the store, the PSN store. And also, the PSN store is painful to navigate, and that'll take up some time trying to find the right section. So I browsed around the store, took ages, found the digital downloads, scrolling through them, and a game called Roundabout caught my eye. And hmm. I was like, oh, that looks good. But while I'm procrastinating, I'm not procrastinating hard enough to get up from my comfortable seat to go and get my card, my cash card. So instead, I tweeted at No Goblin, <laughs> the makers, and said, Hello, um, can I have a code for One Life Left? The guy was emailed me, sent me four codes, two US, two UK. So we give the other ones away in the letters section. Perfect. I put in one of the UK ones. So this game 
It is most similar to if you've ever played a game called Kururin. Have you played that? I have Simon? played that. Yes, I enjoyed it. So you play the uh, driver of the world's first revolving limo service. So you're in a limo <laughs> and it constantly spins around a long car, right? Which is not the most you know easy way to drive a car. No, but it's all right because you can still move it in whatever direction you want to. The wheels seem to be basically non-functional. So you, have, but you still have to avoid crashing into things as it revolves. So you steer your limo around. And you have kind of very, very simple, crazy taxi-style quests. So someone, you pick someone up and they'll say, "Hey, can you take me to the church or whatever?" And then you've got to navigate there without banging into anything. Now, the thing that caught my eye is those missions are delivered to you using video in a sort of um, what do you call those old Sega Mega CD games? FMV, FMV, like. A night trap was one, right? Like, and I've been thinking a lot, like, recently that surely it's time that video came back. And sure enough, this thing was there. These things are really cutely filmed. It seems to me to be likely the uh, producers of these games. In fact, one of them literally is, certainly, and their friends. The script is really cute and funny, though. It made me laugh out loud a lot while I was playing it because I ended up Twitch streaming this. Did you? Yes. Oh, you're so modern. I Twitch streamed this because I really was procrastinating. And I was like, well, this counts as work if I stream it. Uh, so I Twitch uh, Twitch streamed it. Um, but I was, I was laughing, genuinely. It's a really, really funny script. And it reminds me of all of the games that I used to play when I was at Edge. Uh, the sort of weird Japanese games we'd order because I thought it looked funny and we ended up putting in the magazine because of that. It just feels a bit of a quirky, uh, strange thing. The sort of stuff also that struggled to exist when we didn't have digital downloads. I've really, really enjoyed it. I plan on going back and completing it. I know it's not for everyone, but it's only 12 quid. Unless... <laughs> unless you're you. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Good stuff. Ash. I've been playing Sunset. Yeah. Ooh. What a lovely, lovely game. So I uh, kickstarted it, which is great. So every time something comes up that I kind of backed, I'm like, yeah, it's like that extra, you know, fun factor. So basically Sunset is about, it's basically a house cleaning simulator, which sounds boring, but stick with me. So it's set in this kind of, um, uh, what's it called? Like a um, fictional South American city run by this kind of dictator called Gabriel uh, Ortega. And you are his house cleaner. And basically what you do is you have to go into his kind of like awesome 70s penthouse. That's It's all set in the 70s. And you have to clean it. So you can only do it for an hour before sunset. So the game looks stunning. The lighting effects are just incredibly beautiful. And you have um, you step into the lift. You never meet anyone in the game. So he's never there. He just leaves you like a little t- like note taped on the inside of the, uh, of the lift. And it tells you what to do. Like, you know clean the knives and forks and then wash the windows and things like that and uh, you have an hour to do it so everything takes a certain amount of time like make the bed is like 20 minutes so you have to choose what you're able to do and you know whether you can explore the house or whatever but it's that's the kind of basic thing of the game the thing that makes it really special is you you never see anybody you only see yourself Uh, you're called Angela Burns Uh, you're a, a black American lady and you've come over to South America and you only ever see yourself in reflections of things which is quite cool and you actually have a relationship with the guy by the things that he leaves behind so like he'll leave you like a sexy note or like you can write him something and depending on what you do in his house if you clean it lovingly or put up his pictures for him or you don't that changes the relationship you have with this guy and it's stunning so the whole way through the game I think you come in every week or every two weeks the um, political situation in the city changes as well but you only ever see it by looking out over his balcony it's it's just amazing like I love games like this that you don't have to kill anyone everything is con- kind of told second hand through visual things rather than just reading everything the script is really really minimal I love it so good um, it's probably about 7 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, wait! Declar- Declaration of Ethics. Yeah. Uh, I've I've done some work on that game, so you may want to, you know. Do you recognise the reflection? You may. <laughs> now I do. Uh, you may you may want to alter your score. Uh, like all listeners may want to make up uh, their own minds. Make up yeah. their own minds. Um, I would like to update my score for Codename Steam. Okay. I uh, really was really enjoying it last week, uh, and then I, it's just and now it's turned rubbish. Oh, <laughs> it's turned no. rubbish in in it just in one mission. Uh, it's just become so unfair and so fiddly. Um, I mean, I still admire their persistence and stuff, but uh, yeah, I've, I've I've moved on. I've I've, I've taken it out of the uh, taken it out of my console land. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to downgrade it from a seven to a seven. Uh, but it's been replaced by Kirby's Triple Deluxe on 3DS now. Ash, as you mentioned earlier, Ash, I 
didn't particularly grow up with Nintendo, and I've always been slightly wary is probably the wrong word, but I've, I've never actually felt the need to play a Kirby game. I mean, I've known that there are loads of them, and uh, I could recognise the character, but I couldn't tell you anything about his history or the mechanics and stuff like that. Um, so I went into Kirby's Triple Deluxe um, th- thinking, well, let's just let's just get rid of this. Let's just say that I've done it. It's the best thing I've played on my 3DS. It is absolutely delightful. Um, it's a platformer, so you play Kirby, you um, you suck up enemies, and then you can transform into their abilities and stuff. But the the way that it uses the 3D is almost like some sort of tech demo for the console. It's just so much going on in the background and foreground, and it's mixing things up. So different mechanics come into play with almost every level. I've I've been giggling during it. It's just beautiful. The boss levels are. Are, are achievable you know you only fail life only failed them like a couple of times it's never felt like a chore um just just brilliant now i understand that it's not the longest game that's why there were a couple of extra sort of mini games that come with it hence the name triple deluxe uh that they don't seem all that to me one's like super smash brothers uh, which we don't like obviously and the other is sort of like a simple rhythm jumping game but yeah this game um the main game i understand is quite short i'm all for that i'm on the sixth world i i i I imagine, because that's how these things work, that this will probably be the last world. And I'm fine with that. Uh, Yeah, love it. Absolutely brilliant. I'd imagine that it's not full price anymore. If you get the opportunity to pick up Kirby's Triple Deluxe on 3DS, uh, 7 out of 10. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is uh, Motion Ride. Moo Moo Meadows theme. It's a remix of the Mario Kart track. Uh, Simon's just been searching for me on this. I have, yes. Uh, I typed in sexy. It couldn't find any, so I typed in stee. There's one. uh, Why did we take that picture of you uh, stood against a projector and it just says searching across your face? I'm not not sure. So there are two two photos that came up with with, um, the search results from stee. One with that, arty. And the other... (laughs) It's obviously a picture of Steve and Martin Hollis. <laughs> Martin Hollis is smoking. Are we just finding out that all we do is all take photos of Martin? <laughs> smoking. Uh, I wonder if I Google Martin Hollis. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, this is One Life Left, for a radio show about video games. Coming to the end of the show, uh, any other business? Marioki. Yes. Tremendous success. Oh, thank you oh. so much, everybody. In Sweden, it was absolutely brilliant. I think it's one of our best Mariokis Ever. Do you know why? Why? I got really drunk. You were quite drunk. You didn't get. You wouldn't leave the stage. I didn't leave the stage. You weren't as drunk as uh, best friend of the show and engineer, chief engineer James Scott, who had to be helped home at, at the start of the evening, but then turned up again five minutes later. He got put to bed three times. <laughs> he did three times. Couldn't get rid of him because Marioki is that strong. <laughs> strong enough, indeed, to uh, overcome broken technology. A drink was spilled on our laptop halfway through. We spent one song pouring a drink out of the laptop. Had to take yes. a break for 15 minutes. And then, of course, best friend of the show, Rami from Vlambeer. He came up on stage, sorted it all out. 15 minutes later, we were back up and running. And no what was problem. our first song? He's brilliant. It Chandelier. Was a, about Rami from Vlambeer. It was yeah. an astonishing moment. Also, very much enjoyed closing the show with Housemark mm. uh, and our cover of November the Rain about Defender with them and uh, we'll be going out there to uh, to play the Housemark 20th uh, anniversary party next week week after next right couple of quick updates and this is spooky no photos for Martin Hollis no photos found for Martin Hollis he only appears <laughs> isn't that weird 
great. We're coming to the end of the show. Ash, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to have you on. So we'll, uh, we'll follow with interest Yes. Uh, what you're up to next. Um, hopefully this won't be the last we see of you. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Guy Cocker podcast. Uh, last one was June 4th, 2013. Oh. Was it? Just putting that out there. Oh, Guy. Oh, Guy. Uh, so next Marioki is next week. Is it next week? No, it week is. off. It's on the Wednesday, isn't it? I think that's the 17th. Wednesday 17th. Okay. Uh, so. Yes, Wednesday 17th. <laughs> that's it, right. So the third Thursday is the third Wednesday. 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 Okay, Wednesday. Good stuff. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you have any Marioki suggestions or uh, song lyrics you'd like to write or have written, please get in touch about those because we do accept user submissions. Uh, Steve at onelifelife.com will work for that. Interesting. Uh, we will see you all. Well, no, we won't. I'm not here next. No, time. you're not. Jack Attridge, Peter Molyneux. So good luck with the <laughs> other two thirds of the One Life Left team. Uh, thanks very much, Ash. But until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>